When a school considers outsourcing their learning management system to a cloud-hosted proprietary vendor, it feels like the perfect solution to an otherwise thorny technical and organizational problem. These cloud-hosted vendors were often started by people who came from academia and they carried the core values of education into the company as part of its founding. When the company is small and meeting its first few customers, the company has core values that align with the customers. It's almost like looking into a mirror. With core values clearly on display, the schools feel assured that all they're really doing is outsourcing a staff role that will be done with the same care, love, attention to detail, and values as if we're insourced. It's a perfect storm for a while. The first few customers are treated well, the product evolves rapidly to meet their needs, the small startup starts to grow, and the additional revenue is invested to strengthen the product and make the company feel more and more like a solid bet. As the size of the company grows from 15 to 30 to 100 to 1,000, costs do start to go up and the founders parlay their revenue projections into venture capital investments so they keep growing and they can hit the market while things are hot. Venture capital investment often leads to improved compensation for founders and senior employees. Some leave and cash out and some stay with increased salaries. Any founders or early employees that remain with the companies become powerful marketing tools because in their public appearances, they keep the customer focused on what the company was rather than what the company is becoming. After a few years, the venture capitalists want to profit take before growth slows and the company loses its golden shine factor, so they force the company to go public. The venture capitalists cash out, and the remaining founders and senior employees end up with even more cash options, compensation, and if they stay, value to the marketing department. Company goes into a phase where they need to clean up their profit picture because the stock market bets on future profits based on the real public quarterly financial statements. Staff are cut, founders leave, development focuses on reducing costs to provide the service. The end user product, which hopefully by now is solid, begins to stagnate. There's no real perceptible change in core values. The founders' core values just keep going on inertia and lawyers and legal agreements with the customers. The customer relationship increasingly tends to focus, though, on interpreting the legalese in the contracts, which invariably tend to favor the company, rather than the contract being viewed as merely the paper version of the shared core values of the company and its customers. After a few years of cutting, the loss of leading employees from top to bottom, and the addition of new leadership that thinks more about financial statements than the company's product, growth starts to truly slow. The market looks for the next golden child, a company with a good reputation and market share, and a few leading schools start choosing the next big thing. At that point, confidence in the future revenue of the company starts to fall, and with it, the stock price. At some point, the stock price is so far down, the stock is actually underestimating the value of the current revenue of the company. At this point, private equity firms who care only about financial formulas realize, especially when interest rates are low, that they can borrow money, buy up all the stock, and then cut costs even more, pay off their debt in 5 to 15 years with company revenue, and end up owning a money-making machine, free and clear. At least that's the theory. Private equity companies have no soul or core values at all. They're driven by money, but they're not interested in upsetting the customers. They quietly cut staff, cut costs, slowly increase prices, and keep the product stable and just don't invest in anything innovative. 
Of course, this exaggerates the stagnation of the company to the point where the customers start to notice that things are no longer as they once seemed. But since the company's LMS software is proprietary and there are many years of data in the vendor's systems, switching to a new LMS is a very painful, multi-year effort that just makes everyone on campus unhappy. So the school just keeps paying the vendors, and the vendor, knowing that they have their customers locked in, slowly raise their price year on year. The frog never jumps out of the hot water, and things just continue. The increased revenue from long-term stuck customers overpaying for the service subsidizes steep discounts given to new customers to make sure the company does not look on the surface like it's contracting. Now, into this. Let's imagine that someone with an axe to grind like Elon Musk decides to buy your LMS vendor from the private equity investors with some spare change he found in a couch. The private equity investors will sell the company to anyone who can write a check that clears. Elon is barely interested in the future revenue growth or even the image of the company in the market. He has plans. He has an agenda. He thinks universities are obsolete and can be replaced by Elon University. What could be better? He laughs at any suggestion that the company and its customers share any kind of core values. He reads the contracts literally and is amazed that there's over a decade of data for millions of students in the company databases and the university signed such foolish contracts that are, in effect, unenforceable. If Elon Musk decides to build an artificial intelligence bot and set it loose on all the student-teacher communications and assignments across all of its customers and figure out the political leanings of each student and faculty member, he will simply do so. He won't announce what he's doing. If a rumor gets out, he will say, sue me. And by the time any lawsuits make any progress towards the courts, his billions and lawyers make sure that the schools never see justice. Elon thinks universities are a bunch of old fuddy-duddies and are completely obsolete, and he publicly laughs in their faces. He says he'll buy a university as a real estate investment just for fun and show us how it's done. After a few years of failing in the courts, the schools will just lick their wounds and realize that many years ago, in the name of the convenience of their IT leadership, they spent millions of university dollars to hand the safe space where students share their most personal data with their teachers to one of Elon Musk's artificial intelligence models. Students trusted their universities, and their universities failed them. The time to move your students' data out of a privately owned proprietary cloud LMS and into an LMS that's 100% controlled by the institution is before Elon Musk or some other activist billionaire person or company buys your school's LMS vendor. The best time to an effect and a successful escape is before it is actually an escape when nobody is watching the exits. If you've listened up to this point and you like pina coladas and getting caught in the rain and protecting your students' data, write to me. We can meet at a bar called O'Malley's and we'll plan your escape. Thank you for watching this episode of the LearnerPrivacy.org podcast.